0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. This is number 12, episode 12, and my guest and I will be talking about the most recent event at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, Very happy to uh, invite in and say hello to a good friend of mine, Steve Wittick from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. Steve, thank you so much. Finally able to get you on.
1: Thanks, Rob. I'm glad it's uh, been able to work out. I have a stable internet connection and uh, <laughs> all ready and set to talk about the Road to Indy.
0: No doubt about it. So let's let's set things up real quick here as we jump into this breakdown edition of the podcast. Uh, Indy Lights, Pro Mazda, and USF 2000 all on the dance card at Mid Ohio um, last weekend. Rounds 13 and 14 for Indy Lights, rounds 12 and 13 for Pro Mazda, and 10, 11, and 12 for USF 2000. Uh, I'll lay it out real quickly, Steve, and you can give me your initial thoughts because we go into mid-Ohio sports car course. Essentially, Cooper Tires, major partner of the program, kind of their home race factory over in Finlay. Uh, They always proudly say that their tires are made in the USA, made in Ohio. 2.239 mile, 13-turn natural terrain uh, circuit, unbelievably challenging layout. I've had a chance to drive it. It's tough. Uh, limited passing opportunities, although we saw some great racing, even in the uh, the IndyCar program was fantastic. Significant elevation changes. And if you're a fan who watches from uh, one of the online sources, whether it's TV or the roaddandy app or however, you really don't get a good feel of the elevation changes because it's pretty significant when you drop at a nine down into Thunder Valley and climb all the way back up. It's pretty incredible. Track itself pretty hard on tires, I think. Lots of off-camber corners as well that punish overdriving and, of course, punish cars with uh, with oversteer as well. Because, uh, you know, you roll over nine or into the keyhole with that off camber and the car wants to <laughs> wants to swap ends on you, you know things are going to be exciting. Any, anything else to add about mid-Ohio as we kind of set the stage to talk about the racing?
1: It's one of those tracks that it probably more than any other that, that the road to Indy and IndyCar visits is that it, it changes throughout the, the race weekend a lot. very good Uh, which it makes it tough for the engineers even at the in at even at the usf 2000 level where they have to make adjustments as the race weekend goes on and and you know you talk to guys between qualifying and and the race and the track completely changed and if they missed the setup you were you were done
0: yeah you know when we when i talked to uh, patricia award after i think his first practice session on friday he said the car just felt numb he just, they were just like, they were just kind of waiting for the thing to grip up in the corners, you know, it was just pushing through the corner. They couldn't get it to work with the throttle. He tried, tried trail breaking and he threw everything at it and you hit the nail on the head, Steve. This is a track that number one changes from morning to afternoon to evening, uh, any kind of temperature change, any cloud cover change. And then you throw all the rubber at it and the track just continues to evolve throughout the entire race weekend.
1: Yeah, I think the track really must take rubber well as the weekend goes on, which makes it very challenging for the uh, drivers and engineers. You know, you were talking about Indy Lights and I'll further that. You saw uh, Aaron Tealitz be uh, 100th off of pole on a Saturday morning qualifying session. Well, Saturday during the race in the afternoon, they, were, they had no pace at all. Uh, and it's just, it's crazy. You have to, as an engineer, you have to guess, basically guess correct on what the track's going to do. And like Rob said it, cloud cover just anything will make a difference on how that track reacts
0: it's interesting because i'm sure you spoke to him as well but when i talked to brian belardi um they didn't do the test the week before the two-day test official series test at mid ohio simply because he said this track is going to change so much from that particular test outing on the i think when did they test on the the wednesday and thursday or something like that um and he's it's going to change. And now in hindsight, <laughs> the Andretti guys were better than the Bellardi guys all weekend long. But he, he's right in the fact that you just simply, if, if you're there a couple of weeks or a week ahead of a race, you just simply aren't going to learn what you need to learn to roll out the prop, proper platform. I think the proper baseline heading into a race weekend.
1: No, and you look at the IndyCar side, the Andretti guys didn't test there. And who won the race and who was fast, like who what cars were fast all weekend. So, uh, you know, and neither did, uh, Penske didn't test there. So it just depends on, you know, you can learn some baseline stuff there when you're testing, but it's really tough to, to actually come back with the same setup.
0: All right, let's jump into this uh, br- uh, breakdown edition of the Road to Indy Insider podcast. Again, great to have Steve Whitick with me from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. We'll give him a lots of opportunity to tell you all about their program and how to sign up later on in the in the uh, the podcast when we're done. Let's jump into USF two thousand, and I think pre race coming in, of course, a triple header weekend. It's been it's been a really, I guess I want to say to a certain extent, an odd season I think for me because I really didn't think that Kyle Kirkwood was going to dominate like he did. And I think you would agree that I expected Alex Barron to hang around with Swan RJB and really challenge him for the entire season. I also expected Kalen Frederick to step up. I expected uh, Calvin Ming, some of these second generation or second year drivers, with the with the team of the year last year, Paps Racing to be, I think, challenged a little more. But Steve coming in, Kirkwood knew he was he was going to win the title. All he had really had to do was finish in front of Kalen Frederick in one race. So we've got ourselves a great battle for second place in the points. But coming in, Kyle Kirkwood with essentially all the all the pressure off him and all the pressure pretty much put on everybody else to try to at least put some kind of a positive spin on this season.
1: Yeah, it's been impressive. I, yeah, I think I'm um, maybe going into the season I discounted the uh, experience he's had with the two previous seasons in F4 that uh, you know probably seasoned him on how to how to race because he hasn't always won from pole, which is impressive to me. Uh you know, he's I think he's got four poles on the season, which is great, but with 10 wins that means he's won six times from not starting on pole which is in the usf 2000 is a very impressive feat
0: I, I think we can't discount the fact either that he was with for at least one of the years in f4 he was with the cape brothers right you know so that that that, Familiar- that
1: uh, familiarity is important
0: yeah the communication the language right the they, they understand each other all right so, so that sets it up coming in you know we we were we all pretty much knew we were going to be uh, touting Kirkwood as the, the new newly crowned unofficial champion of the series after race number one, race two at the very least. Uh, I'll do a quick little overview, and we can talk. I'll stop a bit. We, if you have anything you want to add, Steve, feel free. Sounds good. Um, Kirkwood, of course, gets a great start to lead, but we go full course caution immediately. First time down into turn number four, into the back straightaway. Rasmuth, went an aggressive opening lap pass to try to get by Kalen Frederick they connect each other and off they go I I, I will I'll give you a chance to comment here I Yeah,
1: because- uh, I just I was shocked by what happened there I know so uh I. you know it's not uh and Rasmus has not uh, not been like that also he's not been aggressive he's no. not hit hit very much and he's been fast and has some had bad luck but he has not been that driver. And it was a little surprising to see that happen coming from him. And, you know, I know Augie Paps was not happy since there was that little chance that Frederick could still take the title. And that basically ended on the first lap in turn four.
0: Well, the funny thing is Steve, yeah, there's an, there was an outside chance for Kalen to win the the title. But again, you know, that Augie Paps wants to get that team championship again, like he did last year, stealing it away from Cape. And if I'm not mistaken, after the first two, rounds of this we'll we'll talk more about race two but after the first two races i think fell felt like sixth in the points yes yeah he did he he had that bad 2 we'll talk more in the second race but two bad very low point scoring races i think he got one point in each race i think i believe so yeah yeah race
1: three wasn't much better so
0: it hurts so (laughs) yeah and considering the fact that here's two really great young drivers both 16 years of age and you know that augie was saying guys just get out and race for a couple of laps, then start the paddling. But that move deep to the inside by Erasmus, Kalen didn't want to let it happen. He's trying to win a championship. Still, they come, they come together, and of course, we go full course yellow immediately on the restart. Kirkwood leads, you know, an impressive and mature run I think for Lucas Cole to slide into second and kind of hold onto that position for the entire race. I thought that was impressive. Um, and then Keith Donigan <laughs> jumping into to the uh, the third spot. Defending aggressively, I will say. Yes. From from on, on Calvin Mink, Because, man, it was it was some aggressive aggressive defense moves on on Donovan's part.
1: Yeah, it really was. Uh, that's the European style. He's uh, first year in the U.S. racing, a lot of Formula Ford experience. That's kind of the way it. Uh, you have to defend in Formula Ford, and he definitely did that. But Ming Ming ended up making one of the better passes of the year to get by him.
0: Agreed. Yeah, we'll come back to that. So we go f- full course yellow, pretty much right. When we go back to, back to green, Kalen Frederick, of course, but obviously still shaking up a little bit, not right in the, in the mindset. He's trying to go around the outside of Russell McDonough through the keyhole. He's already, I think one or two laps down on the outside of McDonough didn't need to make the pass. Russell probably could have gave it up knowing it was who it was, but they get together on the exit. I, I haven't seen any in car, whether or not Russell pushed out a bit easy to do in that corner. Yeah. I or if Kalen, to, if Kalen tried to, if Caelan tried to pinch, but regardless, that i said on the on the broadcast that did not need to happen at all i don't think
1: no definitely not they uh, both no. drivers probably would if they looked at it again they'd uh, they do things differently for sure
0: so as as you said we settle in uh awesome battle up front uh Kirk went out to the lead, Cole second, Donigan running in that in that third spot. We'll talk about the, the Donigan pass, because I mean, rather the, the Ming pass. We do another yellow for Oscar Dilo-Zuriaga spinning, coming out of turn nine in Thunder Valley. Easy to do on that corner, just oversteered on the exit, dropped a wheel. Uh, and then when we go back to green again, another full course yellow. The field checks up at the start. Darren Keane into the back of Jose Sierra. Keane's wing pushed under the car sierra loses his rear wing he tries to take of course he's trying to roll through turn number one with no with yeah. no rear downforce scar goes around bruna tomaselli involved you know what and we'll, we could probably just say it now but we'll talk about it more but man this year the bad luck that has plagued darren Keene, i can't believe it it's been so rough on this character no
1: it really has been rough and it's not he's had the pace and he's you know he's had a couple good results but definitely not what he wanted coming into his second season and it I'm sure he expected a lot more and I know the Newman walks guys expected a lot more, but it's, it's not been on him. It's, you know, he's, no. he's made a couple mistakes, but it's been just bad, bad luck.
0: Yeah. If you look back at road America and someone got into the side of him in uh, coming into Canada corner, he gets pinched by Jose Sierra Toronto. at Toronto. Yep. And, 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 and then here it was into the back of Sierra. And then I think, Two incidents with Darren, with uh, Corey Enders. One yes. when, he, when mm-hmm. Darren was making a great pass on the outside of the carousel. Enders got loose on the entry and pushed wide into him. And then whatever, Shamaz happened over in turn number five All in right. race three. So the cap. Kirkwood walks away with the victory. Cole, consistent run to second. But let's talk about that that move from Calvin Ming. It actually earned him my Star of the Race. That move, but just Ming moving forward, number one, was impressive. It was, but but with that four, that four, five, six combination of corners to take over third, man. What a, you know? What that's the Calvin Ming. I think you and I are both. Expecting this year,
1: yeah, it was, and I actually talked to him after the race, and I kind of I gave him a bit of a hard time about it's about time I saw him get aggressive, and he he tended to he tended to agree and said it was about time he decided to get a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, he's actually one of the better with racecraft in USF two thousand right now. If he could improve on his qualifying, I think the be he would have been up there in the podium position a lot more than he has been this year. Uh. He's extremely consistent. He's quick, not super quick, but he's quick, but he's just a mature driver. And he was pretty happy with that pass and pretty happy with his podium.
0: Uh, Dakota Dickerson starts dead last, ends up in sixth position. he takes advantage of the four yellows and people are like, oh man, what a great run for Dakota. (laughs) When I talked to him, he said, I think I I think I only re, really passed one car. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> t- took advantage a- of
1: the chaos <laughs> in front of him.
0: All the chaos, and then at the very end, got one. Igor Fraga, after a great pass, I believe, on Julian Vanderwatt in yeah. the carousel to take <clears> fifth. <throat> he ends up getting a thirty-second penalty, which I think was questionable. Um, I saw the video, and I, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But I feel bad for him. But nonetheless, Dakota will take that extra spot. He moves to six. So Kirkwood, Cole, Ming, Donigan, and Julian Vanderwatt into the top five, another good run for him. And I see him as well as a lot of the rookies, uh, Steve, as we expect, kind of starting to turn things on through Toronto, mid Ohio, and then whatever the finale would, would be, right? Yeah, those, he had like, a good
1: start to the good. season. And then that middle section, he kind of had a few disappointing results and Agreed. had a cu- made a couple mistakes, got nailed for blocking once. And now it's the uh, the results have started to come. And I'm not sure that team has found the ultimate speed yet, but I think they're getting closer and Julian's taking advantage of that. He had a really good weekend.
0: As I said, Calvin Ming, my star of the race. What, uh, is there somebody that you would put your star on, Steve, other than Calvin? Or, or would you agree with me on that one?
1: Um, Calvin and Lucas Cole. I think they both had very good races. Lucas drove pretty smart. Uh, they knew they didn't have quite the pace to, to keep up with Kyle. And he didn't didn't push it too hard, didn't make any mistakes. And uh, he's kind of on a good run here, too, to end the season.
0: Agreed. Let's jump into uh, to race number two now. Frederick qualifying on the pole, so I'm you know I think we're all thinking, all right, here we go. We got we're gonna have a battle with Kirkwood. We're gonna break the streak. Um, actually, Kirkwood I think got a pretty good run out of turn number one to get side by side through there, maybe lead a little bit, and then Frederick goes into the keyhole, locks up the fronts, and drives off track.
1: I, I just, yeah, <laughs> I just I couldn't believe what I saw when I was watching the video. I'm just wow. You cut they come it's out pressure, they come right? out, yeah it is then they come out of turn they come out of the keyhole and I'm like. Where'd he go? Where did he go?
0: (laughs) I know. I you got to feel for the kid too, because try to bounce back from the two incidents on, on Friday afternoon comes to Saturday. Hey, I'm going to reset. I'm on pole. I'm going to win this bad boy. And you don't even get down to turn four. That's two races in a row. He didn't, he didn't see turn five, you know, at speed. So (laughs) that's tough for him. Um, I just, I think it was just, just one or two yellows. Um, yeah two the yellows in that one, yeah. Uh, the first led de la uh trouble in turn eleven and uh, in, coming into the carousel loop set backs it into the wall on the outside of the track Kirkwood of course takes the the lead in the restart and then Kalen Frederick again it's just like back to back races where one incident led to maybe the 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 next one whether it was a, a some kind of a mind thing or whatever it was but he gets into into a saber cook coming down the back coming down the straightaway through the kink. They lock wheels and go off the racetrack as they're heading to turn number four. Another another wreck that didn't need to happen. Kalen significantly quicker than the drivers at the tail of the field. He should have just bided his time and because Saber was locked to the inside. She had David Osborne on the outside. He I think Kalen went at least two wheels in the grass so. trying to make the pass. Yeah. It's And it
1: yeah, it's just it, decision making when you're when right? you're in trouble. And you know, I've got a Kalen didn't have Kalen's been working with Jack Harvey this year as his driver coach, or at least the last four or five events, Jack had the yep. IndyCar race this weekend. So he did not have Jack's help to bounce things off of. And I think that maybe would have made a difference for him this weekend, but he's still, he's at that point in his career now where he needs to be, start making better decisions on track.
0: You know, the crazy thing is too, he's a second year driver. He's only 16 years. Yeah, old. I know.
1: Yeah. That's you something <laughs> you gotta, you gotta remember. And, but you know, there's, I've talked to a couple of those guys about their age and, there's a few of them, including David Malucas, who said, hey, I don't want to be considered. Don't use my age for excuse. If I make a mistake, yep. I make a mistake. Call me out on it.
0: I like that, yeah. except for the fact that I, I got my license when I turned 16, and a week later, I flipped my car.
1: Yeah, I, so, uh, yeah, I uh, totaled my dad. It wasn't my fault. Uh huh. Sure, right.
0: <laughs> it, it actually wasn't my fault, but I didn't have the skill set to be oh, able right. to not wreck. Yeah, so, I think but, about within three it. weeks
1: of my license, I uh, spun out, uh went headfirst into the guardrail and got just hammered by another car on the interstate. So yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: So on the restart, let me, me, yeah, on the restart, uh, one of the great moves I I thought was Igor Fraga and we'll talk more about Igor because here's a kid that's really starting to get comfortable with exclusive autosport with the whole series with, I think he's just getting more comfortable being here and he makes a great move around the outside of Rasmus Lint for third, uh, outside into turn number five kind of you know that, that yep. crisscross to be able to get the outside of five to get to the inside of six. six I just love that move coming down the hill out of madness that was a great pass on a solid driver that that's a pass for two top five guys going at it that wasn't something deeper in the
1: field. no that was fun to watch um yeah and those guys and it's proof that Rasmus you know that's not his, his MO to not leave room he left room they drove cleanly And Igor ended up in the better spot, which is it's he's been impressive to watch. Um, You know, he'd never driven this car before. He'd never driven on road courses or street courses. He'd never driven in America. And he's starting to you can tell how comfortable he's starting to get with a situation. Um, You know, I hope he's one we see back for another season. I think he could be a definite championship contender coming back for a second season.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. If he comes back to USF 2000, which is where I would put him if I was his driver manager, yeah. he'll, be a, he'll be a title contender in a minute. Uh, so over the final laps, you know, we've got Kirkwood out front and Lucas Cole out, uh, in second. Pretty much carbon copy what we saw in race one. Fraga gets out to his position. Rasmuth Lint into fourth. But then you've got from fifth on back, probably to a tenth or eleventh, I think. Yeah. You got Dakota Dickerson with a car with a ton of <laughs> oversteer. He's holding up Enders, then Ming, yep. then Darren Keane arrives on the scene. And then Ming gets by Enders. Man, dude, it was that was pretty exciting to watch. That was that was good old school two liter racing of guys just throwing it everywhere. It was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it was. I uh, yeah, it's fun to watch these guys at this track. Like you said earlier, it's hard to pass on. Well, maybe not when you watch what these guys can do with the two liter cars. It's right. uh, you know they'll make they'll make pass attempts where it's not uh, normal to make a pass attempt, but sometimes uh, the element of surprise is actually a good thing. And uh, as long as you know who you're racing and know they'll leave your room, that uh, Dakota usually will. Dakota's is one of those drivers that you know you he'll race you cleanly.
0: So uh, Ming able to get by Dick Dickerson for another great finish into the into the top five. Just you know, just really showing us what we were hoping we'd to see out of him this year. Um, and then I believe, yeah, then it was. Ender's lined up behind Dickerson. Dickerson's holding everybody up. Keene makes a really great move to the outside of the carousel. Uh, Ender's comes down the hill and you know another right hander. Car gets loose on the entry. He tries to save it, corrects it, and and Keen's already on the outside, and he just washes right out into Darren. Yeah. And there's Darren off the racetrack again for the second straight race. Yeah, I'm and, sure
1: it must be deja vu for Darren. It's,
0: oh my goodness, right? No kidding. Yeah. So here's the thing. So I so I picked my star of the race. It's Kirkwood, Cole, Fraga, Lint and uh and Ming your top five yep. in race two my star of the race was Colin Kaminsky and I know it's kind of quiet but here's the guy that started I think in the 16th position stayed out of trouble ran strong and was right in the middle of that battle you know scrapping it out um end up you know Frog end up going by him but he was he was right there and I think I like what Kaminsky's doing development wise coming off you know a really good run at Road America and man I think he finished seventh and I just thought you know from from starting deep in the field keeping your head on correctly and then being in that essentially in that battle for fifth back to 11th, that's impressive to me.
1: Yeah, it really is. Actually. I was just looking, Kaminsky's moved himself up to 10th in points, which in this field is impressive. Agreed. Agreed. He's, so, ag- what- he's ahead of guys like Jose Sierra, Enders, Keen, you know, guys who are more experienced in this, you know, had a lot more time in cars than he has. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a late comer to it after following in his dad's footsteps, but yep. yeah, he's, uh, he's actually had some very, very impressive finishes and, you know, just consistency, and he's another one I can't wait to see back. You know, I, probably another year in, in F2000 would be good for him, but, um, you know, he's another one who races really cleanly, doesn't make a ton of mistakes.
0: All right, your thoughts on Star of the Race? Are you with me on Kaminsky, or are you going to go somewhere else?
1: Um, Probably stick with you on Kaminsky. It's hard. It was a tough one to choose, you know. It was, uh, yep. it was really tough. You know, there's some other good drives back in the field. You know, Russell McDonough came back from uh, – Disappointment on on the first race on Friday and finished twelfth from twenty first. Nice, um, okay, yeah. You know oh, he's okay. one that his developments it's coming along. Um, it's definitely coming along. Um, and then you've got you know someone like Yuvan yeah I think I'm saying that correctly. Pretty close. All right. Who's um, <laughs> making his debut this weekend? I don't think he's what fifteen. Um, and he he had a very impressive debut, and you know they his first top 10 in USF 2002.
0: Yeah, he he gets my actual nod, my star of the race nod for race number three. We'll get to that. Now, one more thing before we jump into race number three because it's important. Um, Both James Raven and Keith Donigan, I believe, pitting for fresh rubber. Yes. Donigan midway through James, late, I think lap 17 he came in, puts fresh rubber on, goes out, knocks out a great lap because we set the grid for race three based on fast laps of race number two. He sets fast lap and goes to pole.
1: Yeah, Which, pretty good move uh, if yeah. you're de- if you're deeper in the field, yeah, that's not a bad move to make, you know. At least well, you
0: I think he was running top 10, but I think his mindset is hey, I need to win one of the I want to win one of these races. Right. And, and I- I- I'm not going to do that starting 10th. We all know that if you start in the top 5, you're probably going to f- finish in the top 5. You know, it's a it's a great possibility. You're not going to finish us at the top 10 if you start in the top 5. So he a- a- as we'll see, he ends up going on to finish second. So I thought that was a a pretty solid move for the guys from D Racing. A good strategy call to try to give their young driver a win. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, when I talked to the guys after the race on uh, Saturday, they putting themselves, putting pressure on themselves to get a fast lap in a race with used tires was not easy. Uh, Kirkwood said that was, you know, it looked like an easy win for him, but he said it wasn't because he knew he had to keep pushing and pushing to get those lapses. The other guys put in faster laps on those new tires. He had to yeah. push and push to try. So he wasn't starting deep in the field.
0: Well, you think about that too, right? So if you're out there and you're not pulling in early to get fresh rubber, you're waiting for the fuel level to get low, get the car as light light as possible. That's why we always see times faster at the end, even though the tire's potentially going off, the car's as light as it's going to be. That's when you start laying those good laps down. So, all right, into race three, James Raven doesn't quite capitalize fully on his pole position. Doesn't get a good start, uh, start. Kirkwood beats him into turn number one. Yeah, Kirkwood um, slotted- went
1: around the outside of him. It was pretty brave, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: agreed. Yeah, it went was, around uh, the outside. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, James obviously didn't quite get the good start. But, you know, he's. Well, Dornigan was pushing him hard from the back, too. Like, come oh, on, boy, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Well, and you've <laughs> got to remember, Raven's not used to um, coming from Formula Four. He's not used to these rolling starts, right? Like, that's yep. usually a. He's been used to the standing starts. So the rolling starts, something fairly new for him.
0: So we go immediately to a full course yellow for the second straight. Or is that is it yeah, second straight uh race? Or is that yeah. is it third was it third straight? No, second straight second because straight. second 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 race of the, the weekend. Three, yeah. Second of a three. As what a shocker. Darren Keen <laughs> involved in another wreck, not of his own doing. Um again, getting in there. Dakota, I think, got sideways potentially. I'm not sure what exactly I'm, I am I know that I saw one pick and Corey Anders was turning right, not left. Yeah. So so in turn five and Keen on the outside, just unlucky. So we go full course. After that, though, we run to the end. Kirkwood unchallenged for the rest of the race. Three for three. Clinches the championship in race number one. What's It's like nine races in a row, nine wins in a row, 10 total on the year for for Kirkwood and Cape Motorsports. Raven capitalizes on his track position to get second. Another rough weekend for Kalen Frederick. Starts 22nd. uh, Drives... uh, strong drive come up to oh, battle with, with vanderwatt for fifth position and then contact again over aggressive move to the inside of vanderwatt in turn four julian goes off track frederick gets a, uh, a drive-through like yeah. in adding insult to injury pour the salt on the wound
1: yeah i think four points in a three race weekend is not how you want to go into the final event of the season well, see, that's that's and he what in <laughs> on a run, a really good run of podiums and yeah. Good finishes. Yeah, it's. Um, but like you said, sixteen. He's still gonna. He's got a lot to learn.
0: Well, he'll look back and go, man, I should have finished third in all three races. Right. Right. Like it's, it, that's what he'll think about. And I, I'd still be in the in the hunt for second place in the points. That's really what it comes down yeah,
1: to. Yeah, and he's pretty much out of that now.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So the battle for second is going to heat up. We'll talk about it. Uh Rasmus Lint battling hardcore with, with Donigan to try to get third. And, and again, Donigan very tough to pass. And, and I'm surprised. Obviously, I know he got warned by the officials for blocking because he was definitely making some moves, using a lot of racetrack. Yeah. Uh, but Rasmuth Lint able to get by. And Lint is a you know, he came in, Steve as a total unknown, right? We right. knew he was a top driver at karting, finished fifth last year at the CIK FIA carding champ world championships uh, in the OK class. But man, he has really taken to this deal under the tutelage of Auggie Pabst and, and Tony's Kasimets and wow, he's making great moves. Goes around the outside of turn four for the final podium spot with three to go. What I, I thought that was a tremendous run for Rasmus.
1: Yeah, it really is, and he's been he's been blindingly quick all year, right? Like yeah. if you look at the fastest lap times of each race, he's I don't think he's been outside the top five and had the fastest lap a lot, so it's. Uh, there's definitely some speed there, and, and he's now, as you said, he's started to make some very nice passes and, and you know, be clean when he's passed, and that's something that you see the Carters sometimes struggle with when they come in, especially the younger ones, and it's uh, it's been fun to watch his development. He's another one that, man, if he comes back for a second season, look out.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Then that's what he should do because then yeah. he'll come back strong and, and, and good. Kirkwood, Raven, Lint, Donigan, and Igor Fraga, the top five. Uh, Fraga getting himself into the championship battle. I think he's only about... Uh, I want to say he's about six points behind Erasmus um, Lint, uh, Lint in the yeah. in the championship battle. My star of the race. I could have went for James Raven, but he put himself up the pole with that qualifying. You wouldn't normally do that if you're if you're trying to race for a yeah. position to turn. So I can't. I don't do that. Erasmus good. Igor Frog in a top five, solid. You know what? You already mentioned him. I'm going Yuvan Sundaramurthy because here's a kid who came in and easily for a young kid like him to want to, to start thinking results, especially when he was right at the tail end of that group. Like he was racing hard with guys, you know, just inside and just outside the top 10. He could easily have said, Hey man, I want, I want a big result here, Yeah, but he didn't. He got three finishes, 14th, 10th and 10th. I don't think I've seen a better debut for a 15 year old kid who didn't make any mistakes and was coming in with one, one reason and one reason only and that was to test the waters for next year. Right. There was no need to come in here. Nobody's going to care if he gets top five. Nobody cares if he wins races. Um, you know, it's he's coming in to test the waters. Stayed out of trouble. No mistakes. That was fantastic to me, man. Didn't spend any extra money on crash damage. Mm-hmm. His dad happy. And he, and he leaves. People are going, man, this kid's pretty good. I thought he's my star of the race for race three.
1: Yeah, he had a really, really solid weekend. That's a perfect way to start. You know, sometimes you see kids come in for one off that are testing the waters and they, they make silly mistakes. Well, Juvent didn't make any silly mistakes. And he, you know, and <clears throat> I'm sure it was a good test for him and his father to test out which team. And, you know, that's that's part of the, the process, too, is these these drivers want to see, OK, if I'm moving up next year, is this a team I can work with?
0: Agreed. All right. Well, there is our breakdown on USF 2000. Again, get a chance to chat with uh, Steve Wittick from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. We are right on time right now, too. Let's jump all into right. Pro Mazda, uh, Steve, and let's uh, hit the pre-race. Uh, Renus VK coming into the weekend after a sweep of Toronto. Uh, closes the gap to to Parker Thompson, the points down to seven points. VK definitely had m- momentum coming in and the confidence coming off those uh, those victories in Toronto.
1: Yeah, he really did. But, he, um, you know, you look back at the these guys all tested. Again, we'll go back to testing at mid-Ohio, and what you learn. And um, said, didn't have the greatest test in the world here. They, uh, they had struggled a little bit during that two-day test. And whatever whatever they did worked because they were the class of the field this weekend.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you know, you get all three of them up there and poor Parker Thompson kind of getting ganged up on with a bunch of white and green cars around him. Um, you had to feel bad for them. But again, and you know, the other one was David Malukas. Here's a guy I was impressed coming off what was kind of a disastrous weekend in Toronto, you know, contact with, uh, uh, with Parker Thompson. And it just, it wasn't the weekend that David would have wanted, but he put it all behind him and he came in and was just really impressive all weekend long. So let's jump right into race one. Uh, Renus VK uh, leading from the green flag, Malukas right there in tow first and second, honestly, though, the biggest mover at that start was, was I think Robert McGinnis. Definitely. Uh, it seemed to me like he got a good jump. Thompson was kind of, maybe got held up a bit by VK in the run to turn number one. Because you could see, all of a sudden, McGinnis got a great jump to the inside. Parker was locked in. Yep. Uh, Malukas on the outside. Cunha right there as well. Um, going through turn one, I held my breath. Yes. And I'm sure most of the guys I'm in sure. the lead group did oh, as yeah. well. Did you not? Yes, wow.
1: definitely. It was, uh, yeah, so McGinnis, it was crazy. Yeah,
0: um, McGinnis goes quickly to third ahead of Thompson and fourth. But yeah, give me your thoughts on the opening Opening setup uh, into one and two, really, really wild start.
1: It was a really wild start, and it's been interesting to watch these starts. They've been actually really clean in in Pro Mazda, and you know VK has definitely learned how to lead a field down to the start now, and how to grab the advantage of starting on pole. But you know, like you said, Malukas had a good clean start, and McGinnis. You know, you talked to him after the race, and he said, "I just got a fantastic jump. You know, I just timed it perfectly." got across the line and was able to pull out and get around Thompson and you know they uh it was a uh it's tough for Parker because he has you know you don't want to make a mistake but you've also gotta know that you need to finish as high as possible especially with Rena starting up pole
0: yeah Parker's in that really rough place yeah. as I think we both understand that uh he is pressured now to get points yep but he's also knows that he's pretty much up against the wall in terms of his budget. Yep. The, the wreck in Toronto hurt him in a big way. So that's going to be super tough. and uh, It just changes his mindset all the time. He, he Moving forward to, to gateway, they need to go there and they need to walk. They need to dominate. Yep. He just needs to go there and dominate the weekend, get some momentum and see what happens when they go to Portland. That, that's all. That's all I can say there. Uh, Carlos Cunha, a strong move early. He gets past, Parker Thompson for the fourth spot and from there really nothing changed within the top 5 that kind of I think they kind of ran to the end mid race Malukas was pushing to stay with 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 VK to pressure him for the lead yep. but really just didn't have enough at the end did he No
1: he really didn't and you know what a clean boring race after what happened in Toronto not in Pro <laughs> Mas, not the worst thing in the world actually it uh, it was kind of nice to have to write something up that didn't uh, take me multiple trips to the paddock to try and find out what happened
0: that's what they were doing it for you. Steve. Yeah, that I'm was great make. of them. Thank you, guys. So here's let's do this: VK, Malukas, McGinnis, Cunha, and Thompson. Your top five. My star of the race was was Arenas VK. Now just just because he handled the start as you said, didn't put a wheel wrong, and kept the momentum fueled from Toronto. I think that was big. Now I could easily have gone for Stingray Rob, but a great showing after going four wheels off, but how do you reward a guy for going four wheels off and coming back to the front? Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right? He
0: made the mistake. Exactly. But he, but he raced his way back up, made five strong passes yeah. and gets his way up to the ninth. I think ninth position was so, his yeah. final result. Wow. What? A, like he was, it showed me something for Stingray. I think that he put the elbows up and was coming forward.
1: Right? Yeah. I wonder and, if this is the weekend where he turns a corner. He, uh, yeah. I thought he had a pretty strong weekend, uh, little bit more aggressive also showed a little bit more pace too. that team has struggled a little bit too to find just that just that pace to be with the top guys and and I don't you know Stingray's managed it well and actually he's really handled it well he's first again 16 years old uh he's awfully mature and has handled it very very well but it was probably very nice to have a weekend where he could make some passes
0: yeah, he was he was smiling on the uh, the IndyCar grid yeah, on Sunday afternoon. Imagine. He was pretty 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 happy the way things were going uh, that way. Let's let's jump into race two because we'll talk more about Stingray in race two because of just another really good outing. Uh, David Malukas on the pole position and jumps out to the early lead on the green, and I'm sure you and I were both like, okay, okay. Yep. this kid's this kid this kid's off to his third. Third race win. Now he swept the weekend at road right. America. It, it looked like
1: a copy of those races at road America where he was did, just pulling it. out and he's in the yep. lead and comfortable.
0: Agreed. Um, VK slotting into second. I'm sure he was just saying to himself, we're good to go. I'm fine. Let's just roll on. Yep. I like it. Uh, Parker Thompson, not so lucky. He drives off on the opening lap. I think, uh, on the exit of turn yep. two fell back all the way to, I think the ninth position, which is, so, uh, yes. yeah, pretty tough. Um, and then Carlos Cunha, he ends up, I, I don't, I didn't see the, you know, I didn't end up seeing it and I looked at the, the replays. I didn't see it, but he ends up getting sent off track on the back straight by someone through China beach and loses his front wing. I didn't see who made contact. Did you, did you get I didn't get,
1: get it either, it? unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it's tough.
0: I looked at the replay. I couldn't, I couldn't see it anywhere, but so again, some shakeups there. Guys, The guys trying to get into the top three, top four, in the championship having issues. And then, we're settling. I think we're settling to kind of a carbon copy from what we saw on Saturday. Yeah. We're going to run to the end here. Malukas is going to win this thing. VK is going to be smart. He's going to take second, pad the points, and away he goes. And then coming out of turn number four, Malukas keeps the car to drivers' right. Dead stick pulls off the racetrack. Just like, wow, crazy, yeah, crazy, right? So something electrical. Did you? I w- again, I was announcing all weekend long. Did you have any update on what happened to that car? Was it just a simple electrical the issue? The team.
1: Or- Uh, tweeted about it being an engine issue, but I can't clear, you know, I haven't actually talked to them or talked to the naps yet to see what happened, but they, you know, some, something went wrong where it, uh, it lost all power and it would not restart. I know they did cycle through everything to try and get it restarted and it wouldn't restart. So uh, that's,
0: that sounds like electrical. Yeah, it does.
1: Now
0: let's jump Let's, let's do something cool here before we jump into what happened to the end of the race we didn't see it. Of course, we go back to racing, but then you see it in social media later that Malucas hops. The fence yep. goes over to the, the fence that be, between the safety fence and the crowd fence and starts signing autographs. That's pretty awesome. That then he hops the crowd fence. Cause he's going to walk back to the paddock yep. and he's stopping and talking and taking selfies with people. And that's really and, cool. You know what? That's, again we talk about stingray rob coming into his own on the racetrack maybe this might have been david malucas's opportunity to really kind of embrace the indycar fan village you know the the just the 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 passion of indycar racing and the road to indy damn it this guy goes out and and does the coolest thing i've seen so far this year the road to indy and and interacts with a bunch of fans
1: yeah it was really very cool to see and even before that let's go back to the amr safety team who you know, we didn't go full course yellow when we could have there because True. they were they were smart enough. There was a little gap in the fence, and they could roll Malukas's car back into, it. and they did that and did it under local yellow, and it stayed green, which is you know fantastic for the racing.
0: Agreed, and for our kids, right? We want them to have yeah, as much, uh, as exactly. much track time as possible. So then let's go. Rinas VK not challenged. Uh, McGinnis moves into second spot uh, with Malukas's departure. Askew chasing them down like crazy, but just really couldn't. Get close enough to make it interesting for us. For me, the show was Stingray Rob. Uh, oh,
1: for sure. No doubt. Started,
0: started seventh, up to fifth. Then he put in the pressure on Felipe Drogovic. He's got Parker Thompson pushing him from behind, mm-hmm. pressuring him for a bunch of laps. Parker tries, to, they're almost essentially three wide going down to the four. Yep. Parker to the inside. Felipe going to defend on Parker. And Stingray just rolls the outside yeah. to get the course up to turn five. That was, you know, if you were watching, in four or five or four or five this weekend. Oh yeah, some
1: had... great entertainment. Really. What a
0: great place to watch from, wasn't yeah, it? Like there was just some really great was. racing all the way through. What do you think about Rob doing that? I just, you know, it's... I think
1: it's good to see, you know, he needed to he needs to start to get aggressive. He's showing great. that he's you know, his pace is decent. Um he just needs to show that his he can race these guys. Uh you know, it's he had a you know he did what he needed to do last year. He stayed clean. He learned um and you know he needed another seed, you know, he needed Again, he's 16, uh, keep coming back to these 16 year olds, but they, uh, it, it's a good learning experience, but there's a point where you have to step on the, on the loud paddle and make mm-hmm. it happen to, uh, to move forward. Because these guys, there's a lot of aggressive guys up front that, you know, they're going to make it happen, whether, you know, they have the car or not, they're going to try and make the pass. And there's times you have to do that. You
0: know, Steve, I haven't pulled out, pulled out the line yet, but you know, you're 16 years old. Sometimes you got to pull on the big boy pants.
1: Yep, exactly. You know what I mean? And really
0: yep. get in there and, and get your elbows up. Now, hey, hats off to Felipe Drogovic as well for RP Motorsports Racing. Dominant driver in the Euro Formula Open Series this year. Comes over to take the place of Harrison Scott. Yep. First time on a very tough track. And in that particular moment where he's getting chased down, he was doing some some defensive moves, but nothing crazy. I think more of a Euro style of defending. But yep. in that particular situation with Parker on the inside and and Stingray on the outside, you and I both know how that could have went. All three yeah. of those cars could have been in, in in china beach pretty easy,
1: yes, and that's uh full credit to felipe uh he's exactly. now yeah. give him he's had two years in uh what's known as german formula four four uh a d a c formula yeah. four. If you've watched any of that, you'll know why he has uh good car control and good good spatial awareness because those <laughs> those fields are forty cars, and that racing is just crazy.
0: So my star of the race there, I was thinking Drugovich, but I went with Stingray Rob because I think he deserved it—a good run for him up up through the field, to get that strong, you know, top four finish, and and we're seeing that right, and he's up against some strong competition. But but fourth for Stingray Rob, he's my star of the race for race number two.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a very fair assessment. I'd say that would be the same thing. But you know, a one guy one we haven't talked about who had a very solid. Weekend was Mateus Solarobel. Yeah. You know, he was on pace, uh, stepping up from USF 2000 in his first weekend in Pro Mazda. Again, like, you know, like Juven, maybe just testing the waters, see where he fits in, see what he can do. And he had two very solid finishes, was on pace with his teammate for most of them. Uh, actually, very impressive debut in Pro Mazda for him.
0: I second that. That's a fantastic observation. You're right. Uh, Solarobel, Mateus Starting the season in USF, or USF 2000 with a family-run team. Yep. And, uh, and then moves to uh to, Pro Mazda to kind of test the waters. You're you right. A he seventh did.
1: and eighth-place finish in this field. That's, that's, a right. good, that's a very good debut and a very good learning uh, opportunity.
0: No doubt. Now, let's have a quick look at the title battle here. We didn't have to do that with, uh, with USF 2000. Four straight wins for Renus VK. I think it's a 25-point lead now over Parker yep. Thompson going to Gateway. It's, actually, it's actually more than that yeah 31 points when you do the drop the drop of your worst event um I, I did try to do some calculations i'm sure you did too i have it down that that vk would win the title with three straight top uh three straight podium finishes yes to end the season
1: yeah that's uh that's exactly correct
0: yeah so if he podiums all three races doesn't matter what parker thompson does he can win everything with all the bonus points he won't yeah. do it now Again, that's we got three races and you exactly. know what can happen in these events. Well and one of them's um, an oval
1: where the points are worth a little bit more this year. So yep. and and you know, they uh Parker Thompson dominated the first oval. Yep, and you're right. VK struggled a little bit, so it'll so be interesting. We'll see what it'll to be interesting to see, yeah. I'm sure coming into it it'll be uh, you know it's gonna yep. be an interesting weekend at Gateway.
0: Well we're whittling whittling down the contenders too. VK oh, sure. just starting Gateway mathematically eliminates McGinnis. Yep. Uh, five drivers to go. If VK starts all three races, meaning get, and figuring 14 drivers in, right. he would eliminate both Malukas and Askew as well. Yeah. So one of the keys I think is going to be how many drivers actually go to the gateway oval race. Right. I agree. Right? Are we going to, are we going to get 14 or are we going to get 10? If we only get 10 and there's an issue and, and Rena's finishes last for some reason, uh, more points than he would get if he was 14th, which is I think seven points or something like that or 11 right. points. So Again, we'll see what happens. Entry time. So,
1: yeah, there you go. like Provo- the first race yeah. at at Lucas Oil, I think we what we had two two guys not two of the fourteen not turn up. So, let's hope we very similar. You know, I doubt maybe Chris Wright won't show up, but maybe BN finds someone to put in that car. You never know.
0: Hey, listen, I I say this all the time: if you, if you want to be a a driver in the IndyCar program, you better be racing the ovals. Yeah. Oh, I Don't
1: completely be agree.
0: If you're here to have fun, all good. Yep. But if you're trying to get the car,
1: Oh, you have you to. Don't, you,
0: don't, you, you don't skip them. No, no,
1: definitely not. All
0: right. Two down, one to go. USF 2000 and Pro Mazda in the books. This edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. Again, my name is Rob Howden. Joined today by Steve Wittick from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. In the Indy Lights. 15 minutes to go to cap off our, our program. Pre-race. Just like Greenest VK. Pato Award Steve coming in to the weekend with tons of momentum. Dominant weekend in Iowa on the oval a win and a, and a smart second place finish in toronto he wrestles the point lead away from colton Herta, who is of course battling still plagued by that thumb injury from qualifying in toronto
1: yeah yeah it's uh kind of turned the you are the what was looking like a fantastic battle in indy lights between the two teammates you know i don't think it's over yet by any stretch of the imagination but it's made it a lot tougher for colton to make a comeback
0: yeah um, coming into the race. This is pre-race. So let's not even think about what exactly mm-hmm. happened, but Santi Rutia was in dire need of a big weekend. Yeah. He needed to come in sweep the weekend to get back in the championship battle. And you know what, Steve, it kind of played up to that knowing that this guy has been on the podium in what all six of the last races there no. um, wins okay. in Promaza, three of the four wins in the last two years of Indy lights. And as we'll talk about just, it wasn't there.
1: No, no, they <laughs> no. Bilardi struggled. Uh, the, he struggled both him and Aaron. You know, they uh they had pace in that one qualifying session, and other than that, it was not a good weekend for Bilardi auto racing.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, the track obviously tough on tires. Early in the early in the weekend, we saw guys having trouble with some graining. Yep. Uh, I think they got a little less aggressive on the camber the, on the front of the cars to try to get the you know to get the the tire patch a little more even wear across. Um, just one last pre-race the home track event for Ryan Norman from Aurora, Ohio. Always great to see Ryan and his continued improvement and to be able to come into a hometown race for him. I'm sure he was Jack coming in. Oh yeah. Pato puts it on the pole for both races, gets a great jump to lead, but Ryan Norman qualified off pole. We'll give him kudos on that qualified second and ahead of Colton Herda, The dude stays within push to pass range. Uh, for the, the first half of the race, until, until we end up going yellow uh, because they are in teelitz. But man, I wonder what I wonder what Pato Ward was saying when he had uh, when he had Ryan on the push to pass and, and not not letting him pull away.
1: No, it was fun to watch those first few laps. I think it was maybe first six or seven laps where Ryan stayed right there with Pato, uh, and he used his push to pass, but not as much as you might have thought. But then. There was a point somewhere around the eight or nine lap mark where something clicked in for Pato and he turned a fast lap and he kind of pulled it out from there.
0: So let's talk a little bit about how the race kind of rolls out. Yellow comes out with eight when Aaron Tielitz loops his Ballardi auto-racing Dallara, heading into nine. Nine, It was kind of weird. Kind of dropped the wheel, dropped the left rear, and and around it goes. And then Sati Rutia pits for fresh tires. Yeah. Fresher tires, not fresh. They weren't new. No. eh. Like Brian I, Bellardi told uh, the IndyCar radio guys, you got, you got to do something, right? You got to roll the dice. I
1: thought it was a brilliant move. It, I did, did too. I did, it didn't turn out to be that way though.
0: Well, I think all he needed was a little bit of help on the restart. Yeah. Some kind of a jumble right. that wouldn't have kept him back. Cause, Cause remember when they got, I think when they got down to the first run, after the restart, they get to, they get down to turn number four and it's, it's Victor and Kellett oh, and it was Norman. A, yeah, it was they're like, yeah. It was a mess. And you know, Sati's, you can just see him and go, oh, man. Yeah, exactly. So never able to capitalize on it. Um, on that restart, Herta goes by Ryan Norman. Here's where the wheels fall off for Ryan. Um, Herta makes the move into the keyhole. Then Kellett gets by at the end of the back shoot. Yep. Then Franzoni gets through. <laughs> and yeah, then, it
1: just fell off. It yeah. just went.
0: Well, and then Sati Arutia makes the big move around the outside. And Norman... Trying to give him room, I guess, yeah. just clips the curb. Yeah. Front wheel comes off the ground, and you're done. He's he's in he's into Yerutia uh, off the racetrack. Drive through penalty ensues. Wow, talk about like absolute air out of the balloon, right? Yeah, Qualified second, oh, yeah. second, and then to the tail of the field.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was not the day he was wanting. I know that. I talked to him after the race, and he was pretty upset with himself for yeah. you know he just he's. um, you know he hasn't been in cars that long, and again restarts are important. And he just he knew he he blew it on the that restart. He said it's hard. It's one of those things that are hard to practice restarts, right? So it's it's uh, it's something that just comes with more and more and more experience. And the guys around him have had a lot more experience doing restarts.
0: Yeah, you got to look at his resume. He Started in Skip Barber. Yep. Right, is a guy that did some motocross as a kid. Started yep. in Skip Barber, and then I think from there went right to Atlantics. Atlantic. Yeah. A couple of years of Atlantic yep. won the runoffs at mid-Ohio, but then and then Atlantic's maybe go to Pro Mazda? No, he nah. didn't
1: do no. We'll just do Indy
0: Lights. <laughs> I'm going straight. We're going straight to Indy Lights. And he has been solid. And I'm going to say that. So we'll talk more about him because he yeah. he ends up being my star of the race in race number two. Sure. But um race goes green to the end after that. Uh Colton Herda using up the push to pass just to mm-hmm. try to stay with, with with Pato and actually put the pressure on a number of times. Just was never able to pull the trigger to, to get by. Um, Pato ends up with the win. Colton heard it in second. Dalton Kellett kind of hanging around and, and you know, outlasted everybody to grab that third spot. Um, and then Victor Franzoni and Ryan Norman top five. Blardy guys sixth and seventh. They were, weren't probably very happy on Saturday night.
1: No, I can't think they were. <laughs>
0: I can't think they were. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Race number two. All right. So Pato on the pole again. Not able to. Yeah, this that. No, yeah, this time he gets a good jump because more of a battle behind him. He pulls. He he gets the push to pass quick. Yeah, like that gap, right? The one point five second yeah, gap. He's I think done. I want to say two point eight seconds after the first couple of laps. Yeah, he was on it. He's gone because Aaron Tealus. Sl- Aaron had a better qualifying run. He slots into second.
1: But they had the no with, pace with, though. With,
0: no, yeah, man, not at all. Right? right. What's that? What your thoughts on that? I don't. And you
1: know, I think it's just. Sometimes it's your year, sometimes it's not. That's basically what it yeah. comes down to. Not much has changed there, right? The same guys as last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just sometimes they're you, – you, some other – you know, Andretti might have found something that works a little bit better for them this year, and that's uh, – you know, it makes it – but it's – I full credit to the Andretti engineers because you've got two guys, Colton Hurt and Patricio Award, of very different driving styles, yet they both have cars that they can, can win, which is, you know – a lot of times you saw with the Indy Lights, you know, you had to drive the car to how the team ran the car. Andretti's showing that this year, you know, they can set up an Indy Lights car for the driver.
0: All right, true enough. So <clears throat> let's talk about uh, Ryan Norman, who's got a great car as well, obviously. Strong run for him, yep. moving forward from, the, from starting last. He grabs sixth from Kellogg but yep. he goes off and turn number one, drops, drops four wheels. He gets gifted fifth when Franzoni goes side by side with Tielitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor's wing touches the left rear for error, and He goes around. Franzoni slipped through, but he ends up getting a drive-through. So Norman finds himself uh, up into, what, fourth, fourth position at that point, spot. Yep. I believe? And then chases down Santia Rutia and passes him on the outside of turn number four. Yeah,
1: That's
0: pretty solid. That's stolen. pretty
1: awesome in your home race, right? Yeah. A
0: home race, up to third, and, and overall... I think it's, it's a well-known deal, and, and Santi's talked about it. They've been chasing Andretti the whole yep. year. As you just said, that, that engineering team, four cars, yep. has done a great job building a platform for all four of those drivers to, to be fairly strong. Ryan's really stepping up. But, you know, for a, the confidence of a kid like Ryan to go around the other side of Santi Arruti in four, man, there must have been a smile there.
1: Oh, he I can him. imagine. Right? Yeah.
0: And he knows, I, I'm going to be on the podium. Yep. at mid Ohio. That's awesome. Yeah, it, was, I was, uh, it was very I was super cool. Happy. Yeah, it
1: was cool to see him, How happy he was, and you know, I know his dad was pretty jacked up too to see to have that <laughs> yeah. result at home. And um, you know, I talked to Ryan a bit this weekend, and you know, I think uh, he's fully expecting to do another season of Indy Lights, which I think is a great move for someone like him. He's, uh, you know, the exper- more, more and more experience. He's still not that. I think he's what is he nineteen maybe now. So he's still pretty young too. So, uh, you know, another season won't hurt him in the least.
0: Not. And that's the thing, you know, none of these kids need to be in a hurry. I talk about it all the time. Look at, look at our top driver in USF 2000 right now, you know, 19 years old. Kirkwood's got time. You know, he's, you don't need to be in a hurry. I, I really believe, uh, that Ryan needs to be back in any lights for one more year. It worked great for Kyle Kirkwood. I mean, rather Kyle Kaiser, it'll be tremendous for him as well. um, I actually, I, I did a Q and a Q&A with Ryan earlier on Sunday morning at the Cooper yeah. tire stage. And we talked about it off air, off the mic. And he said straight up, you know, it's with his sponsorship packages, backers, it'd probably be easier for him to, to put something together for IndyCar. Right. But I think he he understands that maybe it'd be better for him to run Indy lights. And then we do one or two races in IndyCar. Right. He he needs that time and do those races later in the right. season. Maybe do me to, maybe do me Ohio yeah. or something like that. Or, a race that we're not at, whatever. Maybe like a Sonoma. Yes. Where or not Sonoma? Or Mazda, or rather, I'm gonna say Mazda Raceway Laguna yeah. Seca. I've got that drill. I know in my it's head. hard.
1: Like I, they finally got me to say not just Laguna Seca, Mazda <laughs> Raceway Laguna Seca. Now I've got to figure something else out to remember that. What is the official? I think, it, it I think it's Weather Tech uh Raceway Laguna Seca. Right.
0: Laguna Seca. All yeah. right.
1: Man. That's gonna take a while. Yeah, it's gonna take a long time to get that, that drilled is into my
0: grilled head. Grilled into my yeah, head, no doubt about it. Okay. So, again, Pato Award with a great win. Uh, Streaking away, man. Three wins in the last four races, right? No, four wins in the last five. Yeah. yeah, Four in the last five, five, and the the fifth being a second place in Toronto. Colton ends up in second. Ryan Norman, a strong run to third. My star of the race as a result. Uh, Santi Rutia in fourth. Dalton Kellett fifth. So, yeah, Ryan Norman, my star of the race.
1: That's an Uh, easy one. Steve,
0: I'm not sure. (laughs)
1: Okay, you're on board. Yep, I'm fully on board with that one. That's an easy one.
0: It is so title fight. Uh, what's Pato got now? A 32, Thirty-two point, point lead. lead. Yep, full a full brace of points. Yep. Right, that's the full deal. Uh, going into the last three races of the year, your thoughts on if Colton can can mount the challenge?
1: I think so. Um, I, do I too. think so. But Pato is driving. He's driving very well right now. He's driving within himself. He's got a lot of confidence. It's gonna be tough.
0: You know. Yeah, he's and he's loose. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's he's got such a lead right now, he can take a deep breath and just he can cruise around a second uh at Gateway and still feel good. But again, here's the one thing I don't I don't see Pato lifting off the gas. I don't either. 'Cause I because I think he did when we got to the road course at in Indianapolis. Yes. I think he had you know he had that great weekend at Saint Petersburg, awesome weekend Barber. at 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 uh, Barber. Yeah. And I think I think he went, Hey, you know what? I don't need to throw it away here. Yep. Yeah. And he, I just don't think he had his A game when we were there. You know, he got yeah, he, there was contact at the front, and he got taken. You know, some, maybe some damage, whatever it was. He didn't get out of that race with what he needed. No. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I see the team saying, "Hey, no way, baby, yeah. it's full throttle, hundred percent gas until we get to Portland on Sunday night."
1: Yep, and I think uh, you know, right? it's it, Colton's pretty loose too, and I think part of that is both those guys are pretty confident in their IndyCar futures. I know they both have yeah, things working in their favor including colton testing this week with harding at uh, portland on friday um they've both got that you know it's not given they're going to be an indycar but they've both uh, they've both been working on indycar deals and both feel pretty confident and i think that that probably helps you be a little bit looser
0: yeah <laughs> just yeah. a little yeah what's what do they say about when you're when you're looking for a new job yeah. the, the the time to look for a new job is when you have exactly. a job so Although the $1 yeah, million dollars is
1: is nothing to sneeze at either, though. That's definitely yeah. gonna help the budget and help move things forward. I
0: mean, indeed, it could it could change if you have some extra budget, right? Who ends up being interest, yes, interested interested exactly. in you, right? As opposed to three races. Yeah. So well, Steve, I appreciate it, man. That is our breakdown from mid-Ohio. for you know for having overall, me. great to have you, bud. Overall, I thought it was a really, really good weekend. I think USF 2000, those those guys and girls needed a little uh a little um slap on the wrist yeah. because i i don't like four la- four yellow flags that was crap yeah. like yeah they've on, uh, it's been a little
1: it. it's been a little rough ever since the road yeah, course at indy that's uh, it's yep. uh they uh, they need to they, it's been interesting to watch uh, you know i think what was i going through yeah they have not had a single race this year without a caution in usf that's not good Seriously? Yeah, that's yeah wow yeah <gasps>
0: That's a crap stat. That is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I, yeah
1: I, I was curious, no, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, that's. Uh, and that can't happen. No, man. that can't that happen. Can't, that's, well, and it ruins. It ruins budgets. It ruins. You know, it can. It's, that's what I don't think people understand is that the budgets are so tight for some of these kids. Knocking off two wings in a weekend can kill your season.
0: Well, let me, and let me spin off this because we'll we'll talk about this. I actually want to have. ai am going to have a, have a round table next weekend to talk about. Uh, the re- most recent news that, of Mazda yeah. pulling out uh, the program. I'll do a round table. We'll get you on, Tony DiZeno and a couple other guys on. Um, here's the one thing I, I wish people that weren't winning races would have in their mindset. If you're not one of the top two or three or four guys in mm-hmm. the program, you're there to get experience. Exactly. You're not there to get results. You're not there to, you know, you, you finishing 10th or 7th or whatever isn't going to sell more sponsorship, no. Right? You're there to learn. If you're winning races, go for the scholarship. That's that's my one my one line. People say, "Well, oh my God, what's going to happen if the scholarship goes away?" Well, it'll just be exactly the same as every ladder system in the country yeah. with with awesome race cars and on the docket with with yeah. IndyCar. <laughs> Without the scholarships, it's still the single best, you know, oh, one of the single best programs fantastic. in the world. Fantastic, but right?
1: I I highly right? suspect so, that something will be worked out and will be. Agreed. But all I'm
0: saying is that. We're talking, oh, about, it's fantastic, we're talking about about some right? of the USF like 2000. But we're talking about the USF 2000 drivers driving like idiots mid pack. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. If, if you can't make a pass clean, then don't exactly. make the pass clean because you're not learning. Yeah. You need to learn how to make a clean pass, not how to mess up a, a botched low risk, I mean, a high risk opportunity right. or attempt. Yep. Right? So it comes back. All right, Steve, any final uh, thoughts?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Looking forward to having a couple of weeks it. off, but. Looking forward to getting back at it at Gateway, too.
0: Well, I'm going to go see the future stars of the Road Dandy nice. this week. I'm going uh, next weekend, this weekend off. Next weekend, Supercarts USA, Summer Nationals, Newcastle Motorsports. Oh, well, hey,
1: maybe I'll have to come out and see you then. You yeah, said, you know dude, what? I, I usually don't. I might have a chance to go out and see karting. I, I'm going to take that opportunity.
0: There you go. Well, Steve, thank Thanks, you so man. much for joining me, my friend. Hey, let's give them a chance to how do they how do they sign up for TSO Ladder and Tracks Out um, Online?
1: TSO Ladder, thanks to Cooper. If you want to get uh, TSO Ladder news in your inbox, uh just use the uh code Cooper. It's usually ten dollars, but they've uh they've helped us out and they'll uh Cooper Tire is uh sp- presenting sponsor of TSO Ladder this year. And if you use the nice. code Cooper when you sign up for uh, TSO Ladder, you get a free free subscription, which is ten dollar value. Uh all the uh, news will come to your inbox and I do features and cover every practice session. I'm there. One of us is there and it's usually me is there covering road to Indy at every single session. Uh, Trackside online. Uh, dot com. Uh, another subscription service. Uh, we're, we're big into the subscriptions. Uh, again, uh, IndyCar news delivered directly to your uh, email box. Uh, it's $22 subscription fee for that.
0: So it's 22 bucks folks. Get off your wallet. It's not even $2 a month. It's $22, yes. right? It's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Don't have a sandwich tomorrow <laughs> uh, at the, at the yeah, local exactly. whatever place and, and get the news you want. Like I've always said, I use you guys every Friday, Saturday night. Get your yep. updates for what I'm doing, Road to Indy and IndyCar. Cool, thanks. Uh, and of course, online uh, at Steve Wittick. Uh,
1: for Twitter. At, yep. TF- at, TS- yep. at TSO Ladder. Oh, and at Trackside yep. Online.
0: Boom, Perfect. there you go. Thank you, my friend. I all appreciate right, thanks it. thanks for having me. There he is, folks. Steve Wittick from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. Of course, one of the leading journalists in our sport. So always inside information on what's going on in the IndyCar and Road to Indy Paddock. That's going to wrap up this breakdown edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. We talked all about Mid-Ohio. Next up on the docket, Gateway Motorsports Park, Indy Lights, and Pro Mazda at the end of August. Folks, thanks for listening in. I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now.